Good evening, folks. Welcome back to episode eight of Conviction Gaming. I'm here joined by Josh Grant, CEO of Binder POS, and I'm, I'm thrilled for this episode. We're going to be talking all about Binder POS, what it is, what it does. They're, they're coming in hot across the country with, with a brand new product that we're going to talk a lot about across the world, I should say, not even just the country, but thrilled to, to be joined by you, Josh. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Chris. Great to, great to be here and great to chat with you. Keep me honest. I believe this is the first. Is this the first time Binder POS is doing a podcast like this with an outside source? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this is this is a first for us. So I mean, we're we're tucked we're tucked away down. Most of our team is tucked away down in New Zealand. So yeah, it is. It's a. Uh, it's not something done as much here. Very exciting. Yeah, I'm thrilled that you're taking the time out. I know you guys have been just cranking away, super busy, and and I'm really excited for this. We'll probably keep this to hopefully an hour, maybe even a little less, keep it in the interest of your time and, and how busy you are, but got kind of a jam-packed agenda here. So we're going to start out. I, I wanted to hear a little bit about, you know, about yourself first, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of cover some intros there and, and then also diving into what is Binder POS, what's the, you know, what is the product, what's the kind of vision for the company and, and a little bit about that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about just some of the broader broader aspects of the the magic industry why it's you know why binder pos is kind of tackling or what problem you're tackling and why you're tackling it and then and then you know we'll dive more into the details we talked about we want to talk about some subscription plans things like that things about the binder pos uh, offering so let's go ahead and get started so I'll, I'll just kind of open it up tee it up for you to introduce yourself and a little bit about your background to begin with yeah absolutely so uh, so my background as an individual. So basically leading into this business, what I've typically done is I've been a, a startup enthusiast in the technology space. So uh, opposed to myself and my business partners, we used to build custom applications, mainly for the New Zealand government. And before that, in my previous lives, I've, I've been a sales and marketing expert for many large global corporates. And part of what drives most people to this industry is obviously my my uh, personal involvement in the hobby sector itself. I'm a Magic the Gathering player. I've played many board games, tabletops, role-playing games over the years. I support many local game stores here in New, uh, in New Zealand. I've played at many over the years. And what actually led us down this path was uh, we were we were working government contract to government contract. My my business partners are so we were we were working alongside and actually ended up qualifying for a pro tour uh, back at Dominaria. Um, playing Magic the Gathering, and um, I I went there and I represented my local game store because I thought it was quite fun to represent the small New Zealand brand because not many of us Kiwis get to these things, and um, yeah, I just I got speaking to a lot of vendors, um, and I also the the game store that sponsored me and that supported me, I sort of saw that they had a lack of uh, presence online. They weren't they were really only operating at a very local level, and I really wanted to help you know, not limited to, but help the store owner that I supported and store owners around in our local area to sort of allow him to get online and provide a 24-hour service solution to be selling, a, you know, um, more of his more of his product in a more automated fashion and reduce the hours for him managing his business. So we decided to build him a, you know, a free project. Um, so we, we utilized, you know, our backgrounds um, and our current infrastructure uh, at the time, our current infrastructure of our um, application development agency, we built him a free project uh, utilizing a Shopify website. We built a custom backend for him that managed, you know, Magic the Gathering was a core function, shortly followed by Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh! and a few other main games that he supported. And then also just helping him catalog out a lot of the top selling board games and a few bits and pieces. And yeah, before sort of too long, we decided that we actually really loved it and we wanted to help this industry grow and thrive. So we, um, 
yeah, we we sold our previous business and we 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 took all the money from the previous business sale and we we set for uh, and put it all into this. So we dove head first into a passion project, um, which has evolved into a little bit more really, but still ultimately remains as a passion project. And I guess Chris, that kind of leads into what is mind deposit. No, that's wonderful. Yeah, and you and I had talked before this, and and I thought your story about the you know just what you just echoed there, but you, you kind of dove into the. Dominaria Pro or uh, Players Tour Pro Tour. I guess it was the PT at the time, so I think it was Pro Tour to that, and now it's Players Tour or something like that. That's but right. Yeah, qualifying for that is you know it was I didn't know that you had, and so that was really a cool cool little tidbit of information. But yeah, so let's talk about the actual product and, and company itself. Definitely a good segue into that. What is Binder POS? So Binder POS is um, essentially an inventory management um, and sales channel company. So um, basically what we do is we automate um, a lot of the pricing data and updates of inventory within TCG specifically, so within trading card games. Um, we also have a lot of static databases like, you know, uh, wargaming, tabletop accessories, all those kind of things that are not constantly updated, but there's uh, infrastructural databases you can grab and publish. Um, and then from there, we utilize um, our own proprietary platform, which is the Binder POS backend, which uh, live syncs with Shopify to provide an e-commerce solution. Um, and then from there, it also integrates to a number of applications and other channels as well which we're broadening at the moment so what binder bos basically allows you to do is is manage that the main thing that people use it for the stage is just really automating and managing and being uh, really confident in your pricing you know being able to choose different pricing sources and having hourly updates on all your card prices and when new sets come out having those cards come in um, and just having confidence in, in your buying and selling um channels and then also being able to extend those out into other areas such as marketplaces and you know different applications and uh, integrations with you know accounting softwares and, and bits and pieces so it's really a, a full suite integration service but it also does a lot of um other really uh, core retail functions for our industry as well, like event management and store credit management and not to mention an, a point of sale system and one of the things we sort of hang our head on is that we have a point of sale system that can, you know, you know, seamlessly buy and sell in, in one transactional screen, meaning that, you know, you can you can do a lot of trading and there's a lot of other use cases for how you can, you know, leverage that, the power of that. Yeah, I, I shared with you when we connected before CAS kind of prepping, I told you how I've, I've got my own, you know, it's just an online store. I don't have a brick and mortar, but Chicago style gaming and the uh, the the appeal of being able to, manage an inventory i'm around i think around five thousand cards at this point in time and and that that ebbs and flows depending on the time of year and things like that but to be able to actually take those cards and put them into a tool that right now i i sync all my inventory i sell almost exclusively on tcg player and and all my inventory is just synced into that tool and the thought of being able to put that into something more broadly and, and manage it more broadly. You mentioned the price changes. I, I have a story about that I'm going to share in a second. But being able to sync that data out to other platforms, whether it's eBay or, or you know, you were talking about your own point of sale system, even potentially building your own website. Like I could envision someday having a Chicago style gaming website that, you know, I can do transactions directly through. So it's really neat. It's, it's, a, it's a, from everything we've talked about so far, the tool is is really you know gonna make waves in in the cases of you know the medium probably the medium and larger lgs especially for the online only stores but also obviously 
the uh, the brick and mortar is you know one of your it sounds like one of your if not your target you know your primary target audience. I suppose at the moment for us, um, it's really about us diversifying and broadening our horizons, right? So we're here to support the industry grow and we're here to supply sellers with the tools they need to to do that. So, you know, what what does it take for you to expand your operation? I mean, we talk about Chicago style game and you've got 5,000 cards. I mean, how many cards could you manage before it became a problem? And we're just trying to increase that number for you. And we're just yeah. trying to give you, give you confidence in, in what you're selling your cards for and what you're buying them for, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. My, you ask what uh, what are the barriers to grow Chicago style gaming? Well, one of them is space, and that's about to be fixed. My wife and I are moving <laughs> into a and moving into a house. We outgrew our condo in downtown Chicago, big time with the baby and and the the growth of my my side business here. But um, that's one. But yeah, the the idea of having an inventory management tool that can automate a lot of these things that are currently things I have to spend a ton of time, you know, mm-hmm. listing managing the prices, adjusting prices. You know, I have I have my own kind of processes that are tried and true, but they are very manual in nature. And so to be able to automate those type of things with rules and and you know, you we talked about you you mentioned the ability to refresh via API pricing, you know, on an hourly basis. Mm-hmm. This this is the story I wanted to share. I started doing this when I was in, in college about 15-ish years ago to date myself. I began buying and selling collections. And at that point in time, the only real way that you could sell trading cards, whether that was sports cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, uh, Magic. Actually, I don't even think Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh was a thing at that point in time. Pokemon definitely was, but um, that's how far back it goes. But the only real way you could do that online at the time was eBay. There were, you know, there were certain Facebook was just coming into its own and becoming a thing. Twitter, I don't even, uh, Twitter was a fast follow from when I started selling. And to price cards was very difficult as well because you kind of had to rely on a couple of things. One might be going to a local game store and looking at what they're selling their cards for and knowing, okay, I've got a copy of, you know, uh, Absorb from Invasion and that card's going for $4 now. At the time, it was worth way more than that, actually. But, um, you know, I could see that and be like, okay, I know I should sell that on eBay for that price. And and then the old alternative was go look at eBay completed listings and and say, oh, wow, Absorb sold yesterday for $6. So I could probably sell it for $5.95 or something and it'll, it'll sell. It was a very tedious process, to say the least, to be able to take cards from collections and, and turn them into singles and, and profit that way. It was very time consuming. And that has certainly evolved over the years. But the tool that you guys are bringing to the table here is is it's really table stakes for what the industry is becoming over these next 10 years, these next 15 years to evolve that. Yeah, and, and, and leading more into that as well, it's there are a lot of people um, out there that are still doing very traditional pricing methods, you know, like whenever a card gets ringed up, looking it up and checking the different channels and whatever their preferred channel might be to verify the pricing to sell over the counter or buy over the counter. And it also comes down to how you value your time, right? Because um, you've got to factor these things into the cost of goods. Um, you know, if you spend a lot of time checking over pricing or repricing or things, that that, that comes off the bottom line because that's time you could be spending in a different area Definitely. of your business. So that's, you know, coming from a very um, marketing-driven and, and operation-driven background, I know that those are the kind of conversations I'd have with retailers, even outside of this industry, as to how they'd become more profitable, was actually, you know, putting a number on your time. A, a lot of people don't do it. They just discredit their, the hours and the day they spend, and they say, well, that's just, you know, that's just that. But at, at the end of the day, 
um, you know, you're the champion of that brand and that business and that channel when you really need to think, well, is there anything I could be doing to grow right now? Are there new products I could be looking at? Are there more conversations? Are there more channels I could be selling on? Are there more cards I could be purchasing? Or could I be monitoring trends and closely, closely watching, you know, cards that I might want to pull off my inventory because they're about to spike? There's all there's all kinds of things that you can do, right? And that's not just in the TCG space, but across the entire region of your business because it's obviously a very trending industry. And while you know, some months one game's um, the ruler, and especially in the board games and other spaces. And, you know, then there's the, we, we monitor them obviously because we have a lot of data, but um, we, we, we do see that there's fluctuations between sales activity in different games. And it's trying to be, I suppose, maximizing your profits by following those trends as well. I, you know, if, if, if you're a listener out there and you're hearing what Josh just said and you take nothing else away from this cast, your point there, Josh, about valuing your time is, I, I cannot underscore that enough. It is one of the most quintessential things that you don't necessarily learn. You know, people, I don't think teachers, and especially in schools, don't say it enough, but valuing your time and making sure that your time is being used in ways that are valuable to you, even if it's outside of business. So I, I would take a step back here and philosophically speaking, it doesn't matter if you're starting <laughs> a business and trading cards or, or you're just valuing your time with your family, things like that. I, I always emphasize that I've written articles about that. And it's, it, it really is an important thing. It was something well, that made a huge difference in my life when I started doing it. So let's let's even talk about the fact of, you know, if you can reallocate time away from sorting cards or reallocate away from prices and you can use that time just to have human conversations or even engage with your clients or customers and actually play and be involved i mean i know it's just going to be talking not from a business owner perspective but from a player playing at a local game store the the game store i play at the um the owner operator is very involved and he's he's one of the reasons that um you know i would travel an hour through peak traffic at the end of a friday to go and play specifically even though i had a different card shop 10 minutes away um so it's it all it all wraps in yeah and you are right because agree i mean obviously work-life balance is key so any hours you can you can claw back into your personal life to spend with you know your friends or family or doing the the hobbies and activities yourself is, that's key right yeah time is the one thing we can't get back so that and i once i realized that and i started finding ways to prioritize and and like you said i, I your point is optimize essentially optimize everything you do um i wrote i actually wrote an article right after my son, we're both, you know, I'm an, I'm a new dad. We both have infants. I, and I, I forget you have just the one. So you're a new father no. too, right? You have two kids. Yeah, I got, I got a two year old and a five month old. So I'm a new father. You, you've been through it just a little bit, but back in, <laughs> uh, back in May, when my son was born, I, I had, I actually wrote an article at that point in time. Um, not long after probably three or four weeks after, because I was trying to find ways to maximize time with him, you know, and, and work. And there's all these different things that factored in at that point in time, whether it was writing content or uh, content for my side business within the TCG community or my actual primary job. And one of the articles I wrote was all about time management and the importance of it, both in TCG, whether you're making content, you're running a business, you're, you're a player, you're a grinder running tournaments, things like that. Um, so anyway, uh, we, we can transition, but that's definitely such an important point that you mm. touched on there and a, and a huge value add just to circle this all together, a huge value add of, of this product finder POS is bringing to the table. And it's something that you need, it's something you need to ask yourself all the time too. Like it's, we quickly forget. And then as we get excited and do things and our business is doing well, you know, you, you have to stop every now and again and think, you know, am I valuing my time? Because it's something that just, you, you, you focus on it for a while, then you forget about it over time. 
repetitively. Recalibration is what I, I, that was a term I believe I even used in the article. It's recalibrating and setting aside time to actually recalibrate your time. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So we've done your introduction and we've talked about binder POS and we, one of the agenda items was how do you plan to make a mark on binder POS? Well, if you were to give someone just, you know, a a 30 second, one minute version of how, how is binder POS going to impact the trading card industry? I think you kind of just did it and we we've talked a lot about it, but how would you sum it up? We are looking to innovate. So we knew, and a lot of people, um, obviously the first thing people like to do is compare us to industry solutions that have been around for years. We knew uh, we started small as a passion project. We put our own capital behind ourselves to back ourselves when there was no money coming in. And we're, we're trying to make a positive change in this industry. So we want to introduce new innovations, new technologies and better ways and better efficiencies to help store owners grow and, and, by product of that, our larger players is to help this industry grow, help get more people entrenched in this whole hobby sector, help more people get into magic, more people get into D&D, more people. And that's the byproduct of helping the local stores. Tell me on that note. So here's what you told me the story when we were preparing for the cast. Uh, tell, tell the listeners about the story you had that you saw where the the. I think it was a LGS that you told me was running a tournament where it was bring someone who's never played magic before yeah to the to the to the store so we had <laughs> we do things a little bit funny here in new zealand here in the end so we had a, a local game store which tried to do something which i thought was quite cool where they said basically um it was you know bring a noob day and it was a tournament with a large cash prize but you weren't allowed to uh, compete in it if you're a regular player in any of the local stores including that one you had to bring a new player who um you know didn't know the game or barely knew the game and you had to coach them through the tournament so they had to play and make the decisions and you had limited amounts of time to communicate with them and you had to bring someone who hadn't been exposed to the game before and have them compete on your behalf to split the prize money with them so it was a really interesting uh, i mean there's a lot of holes in it in the sense that a lot of people can fake that they don't know what they're doing but it seemed to work really well and it seemed very genuine and you could see that there were a lot of people there that had never seen their games before. And even if you had a 30 to 40% strike rate or less of people that then picked the game up and said, hey, that was actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I might check this out. Um, it might open their eyes to the industry. And I think it's about, you know, how do we change the mindset of not just buying deposits, but everyone to, how, how do we bring more people in? How do we broaden this industry? Because that's how we all grow, right? And um, we rely a lot on the manufacturers and the distributors and, you know, they rely on the LGS and everyone kind of relies on each other to market this industry. And um, yeah, that's, that's something that I thought was really cool. And it's, it's a, it's a new headspace that um, isn't typical because usually what happens is you know, the same faces at every single tournament and uh, new players can quite often get overwhelmed when they get rules incorrect or judges called on them. And, you know, it's about trying to find ways to get new blood in. I thought I thought that story was so cool. It's such a you talked about innovation and and what you're bringing to the table with the you know what the company vision is at Binder BOS and and I just thought that story you know you told it in a way that it almost sounded like it inspired you in some in some fashion to to we were we were ta- the context was we were talking about the uniqueness of of ways that people around oh are getting other players into TCGs in general, not just Magic, right. but TCGs in general. And I thought, I thought that was such a cool story. Um, it, it also made me chuckle because I could see that actually being like the like a Magic uh, reality show almost, <laughs> like a like a competition where you you get paired with someone who has been vetted and has never played Magic, and you're like a pro and you're going out and coaching them. I could see that being a pretty funny show. But anyway, 
so the thing i think the thing is um is that in most people can testament you can always relate back to the first time you had exposure to the industry right like that first time you decided to draft or the first time someone showed you the game or you picked up a deck of cards or played or you went to a role-playing night and you know that that introduction into the industry and it doesn't take much there's always there always is that first night or that first time that you play and then you get hooked and before you know it you have you know 15 binders and 13 deck boxes and 100 d20s and you know it doesn't it doesn't take long so how can you how can you you know make sure that enough people find that chance because it's not for everyone but there's a lot of people out there that it is for that haven't had exposure to it right, right. and i thought i just i just took my hat off because i just thought you know it's ambitious but it's a cool idea and um it could be expanded upon and i thought these are the kind of things that we need to try and work together to figure out to bring all the different there's so many retail store owners out there and there's so many players out there and, and influencers and pro players that have these cool ideas that um yeah that could ultimately benefit everyone a larger community a larger industry it's it's like you said it's a really cool it's a really cool mentality and an idea and i think that it's where binder pause certainly wants to head one of these days yeah, no, I, I loved your guys' vision when we were talking about it, and I wanted to make sure that you know we we you know kind of explored that here on the cast. So, one last kind of I guess comment on the innovation, and then we'll jump over to more about just the binder POS, binder POS offerings, the subscription plans, and you know things like that. Uh, I also want to talk about the benefits of of how Binder POS is built and backed by the Shopify uh, API and network and things like that, and you know some of the benefits that come from from that, but. We'll get to that in a second. The last question I have for you, what's like the number one thing from a technology standpoint that you think that Binder POS is going to bring to the table to innovate this industry in a way that it hasn't seen before? And I don't know if you can share that. So if if not, maybe <laughs> cover that up in a way that... So what we want to do differently is that we want to... So there's two, there's two modes of Binder POS. We're still in mode one and mode one is... We got some catching up to do. We got to we got to make sure that we fit the needs that are already on the market from the different tools and platforms. And we're we're quickly catching up. We we've been a small team. We've expanded recently, um, and we're we, we'll carry on expanding and we'll be reinvesting anything we make. We're going to reinvest into growth. So we just want to carry on growing bigger and better to help stores grow. Um, but mode two is we want to start leading some of these some of these innovations. We want to start hosting. Um, we want to start opening new channels, um, exposing people to new channels. We want to start. Um, exposing people to new features, new automations, and we want to drive that off feedback. So we want to try and dig in and understand the pain of um, LGS. We want to understand the pains of the industry and then and then find ways to quell that. So when I said sort of champions of innovation, that's where we really want to be. Um, we want to be innovative. We want to be new and different, and we want to keep striving to improve our product. You know, even our, our goal is, of course, obviously to become the best product. And then once we've hit that point, then we just want to keep getting better and better and better. Um, because that's what the industry needs to grow alongside these monster products, you know, these Shopify, these Vens, these these guys that are servicing the, you know, millions and millions of stores. I think this industry needs someone who's as hungry as them to carry on, you know, pushing innovation and growth. Um, the other thing I wanted to say that we're looking to do is um, is we're looking to collaborate. So we're wanting to do more branching out as an omni-channel and bringing people into new tools and applications. And that's part of where Shopify aligns well is how do we get, if you've got specific needs for your store, then how do we integrate to bring other tools in and other, other means in to fulfill your needs, your pain points? Because in this day and age, in, in 2020, um, you know, you can have teams of 100 to 200 developers that just build a website tool. 
Um, you know, you can have 200 developers that just build a pause. So like, how do we build all of these tools while focusing on industry specific needs and catalogs and things and keeping up with industry standards of all of the standalone giants? And the trick is collaboration. You've got to leverage the tools. You've got to play off the, you've got to play off the strengths and make sure you answer the weaknesses with your own technology. Yeah. You, 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 uh, when we were preparing, you were also talking about just, uh, you know, how you listen to a lot of different, you've got a lot of different clients and, and you're, <laughs> basically your feed they are your primary source of feedback a lot of the time right you're you're getting a lot of insights from the the what i would call the experts that know what they need but then you're also learning and probably even bring things to the table that they don't know that they need so yeah um, i think that's really neat it's, it's collaborative but we are really customer-centric company so the when we when we founded this company the thing that I sat down and said is like, like I looked I look at the lay of the land, all the different suppliers, and say and I said, there's there's a fundamental problem at the moment in the service and software as a service in general. And a lot of models are going away from customer service. There's a lot of products out there now where you can't even talk to someone, email or call someone, even if you want to. Um, it's just not the model they follow. They have FAQs and forums, and that's about it. And um, I said, no, we, we're going to be, we're going to strive to be a customer first business. So we're going to make sure we put all of our resource in ensuring that we can respond quickly to customers, acknowledge their requests, um, you know, let them know where they stand, help answer their questions. And, you know, I'm pretty proud of where we're at today with that. I mean, I think if you speak to any of our customers, they'll tell you that, yeah, our product still has a few features yet to come and they've got requests in and we're, we're doing our best to build and catch up to the industry standard. And we're, you know, we've surpassed it in certain areas and then others we're, we're still building towards. And I think this year is going to be a large year for us, but they'll always tell you that, you know, we're, we're quick and responsive and we do our utmost best to help. And we're, we're very ethical people that, um, that, you know, we strive to put there first and make sure that we um, we put business, their business and their business growth first. And th that's where we are now. It's where we started and it's where we'll, we'll finish. So awesome. So let's talk about how, how you're dri you know, helping drive uh, your clients growth and things like that. Let's start with let's start with Shopify and just some of the mm -hmm. benefits of the backing that Shopify, you know, the, the fact that Binder POS backend has uh, the Shopify, you know, uh, benefits to it what are those what maybe even start by talking about what shopify is i think that would probably be helpful for a listener if they're not 100 percent familiar if you know shopify yeah. obviously has a global presence so. absolutely so for a lot of people that don't know most of the industry specific inventory management and pod suppliers they all they've all selected some sort of backing to some sort of infrastructure to work off so they haven't had to build their own platforms so, you know some work with open cart some work with big commerce um you know um we, we we chose to work with shopify now so, so shopify is in essence a um a, a really small part of our system of bind deposits it's the web channel and it, and it does some auto management and things so but what it what it effectively does is um when we first started it allowed us you know we leveraged a lot and then as the months go on we leverage less but we've we've made sure that we've fully intertwined the full system uh, the, the two systems so what we get with Shopify and what Shopify is, is, is one of the leading e-commerce platforms. And, you know, while in, in essence, the Shopify platform in itself is actually a really simple e-commerce platform, um, what they have is a really robust set of servers. So they've got really great um, SLAs around uptime that we can leverage. So we're talking 99.8% uptime per year. Um, they've got uh, they've spent millions and millions of dollars on building a network of partners and integrations and apps. So what it allows you is it gives access to this entire 
uh, ecosystem of different applications for shipping automations, for uh, different reporting, different customer loyalty programs, different uh, sales channels. Like, for example, um, you know, one of our customers the other day said, um, oh, you know, what, 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 what's a good app? And we sort of said to them, well, have you looked at Afterpay here in the Oceanic region? And what Afterpay is, is it's a free app you can put on your store and um, on your website and in your pods. And it allows customers to basically buy, let's say, let's say they buy a deck list of you know, 60 cards for $600, one of the products or something like that. And then they can put it on four payments over eight weeks. Um, and, and what that kind of looks like for a store owner is, hey, they receive all the money up front, and then this other company chases the payments down, and it's, there's no cost to the business. So it's just it's an amazing way, and it opens them up to different consumers, and it also increases the um, average order value because now people can put them on handy payment plans. So, and that's just one example of tens of thousands of apps that are in there. But probably one of the leading reasons we Shopify is because their entire company was aligned with mine in the sense that. They made a platform that when you when you up a website, it comes with this naturally entrenched SEO benefits. It's got this really nice tagging system. It's all been built with Google best practice in mind, and that's where they do their platform upgrades. Um, they don't do features really fast, but they make sure they stay on top of these things. So, um, you know, just here is a little story. I mean, here in New Zealand, um, Spellbound Games is one of our first customers. They operated in the Auckland market and um, Auckland, New Zealand. They'd never had an online store. Uh, never had a website and um, Hobby Master was one of the largest stores around and they were all over, they were the first on every Google search for everything and, and they sold singles. And, you know, when we got Spellbound on the very early version of our product back when we leveraged Shopify um, a lot than we do now, um, within a couple of months, Shopify was, um, Shopify, sorry, Spellbound Games was appearing on a lot of single searches and a lot of product searches above Hobby Master that had been the online leader for 10 years plus. So, that's with minimal effort as well. So the platform has a really robust natural amount of SEO struck in, and it also has the tools to expand upon to report on where the faults are on your taggings and your products and your titling and, and your content and, and to expand upon that very easily. So you don't need to be you know, some crazy marketing expert or pay someone $1,800 a month to just get in there and get your hands dirty and get a, a bit more local organic presence going. So that marketing focus, that application focus, and that stability focus, and that structure focus, that's, that's what led us to choose Shopify as our partners. And as someone from, the, you know, from the, the store side building a brand, I can tell you takes a ton of time, and it's not easy. And as it is today, you know, especially if you're online only, if you don't have brick and mortar, you're kind of at the mercy of two things. It's going to be your TCG player presence, so whether you have a good, and this is, sorry, this is US-based, so uh, I can't really speak globally, but U.S. based, it's it's your um, you know your presence on TCG Player. Do you have a gold star rating? Do you have a lot of sales? That type of thing, and then it's going to be your presence on social media, if at all. And those two things take the TCG Player is kind of a natural thing, but you're at the you're you're just one of you're a number on TCG Player as a store because you have a lot of competitors out there and. Um, you know, your name is just another name, kind of, unless you stand out in a, in a significant way, like a Channel Fireball, for example, which is, you know, a, a huge vendor that owns contracts and things like that, that, you know, obviously, but on social media, it takes a ton of time because you have to build content, you have to write content. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, particularly speaking from like a brick and mortar standpoint, it's a lot of time to, to sit on a, a, a social media account and add that type of content into your repertoire. It's not always a seamless thing. And 
what, where you can find time to do that, you might be giving up that time to make sales or to do something else that might bring, you know, monetary tra transactions into your business. So the, the elements of Shopify that I think are so appealing is you get kind of a natural boost of marketing via the search engine optimization SEOs that it brings to the table for you. And your story is a great example of that. I mean, to be able to be a brick and mortar that doesn't show up one day gets, gets this website backed by Shopify. And next thing you know, you're a top two, top three search re response yeah. in, in your market. That's a remarkable thing for not having to spend gobs of money on, on search engine optimization, paying all these different parties and, and, you know, whether you're paying for Facebook ads or et cetera. I mean, it, 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 that's a really important thing for people to understand on the vendor side, if you're considering this binder POS program. Not to, not to mention, if you're looking to, if you're, if you're looking to market your own website and you're looking to bring a lot of those sales back to your own sort of platform and your own brand and have a lot more control over that and you want to reallocate some of your fees and spends on channels into your own promotion i mean shopify has a fantastic built-in like sort of um wizard that, that allows you to do like you know simple facebook and google marketing and, and, and it all automatically conversion ties the marketing together so you can see if i spend 30 dollars this week on a facebook ad i can see exactly what product sold from that ad and how much return i got and you can tie it all into your cost of goods and everything so it's really powerful and um not to mention you know um there's only so many integrations in a year we can build i mean we're trying to integrate to all the main sales channels the us market's really important to us so obviously we're, we're working alongside the marketplaces there but i mean shopify also brings like a wealth of different marketplaces and channels that you can you can be selling on and some of them you probably you know wouldn't even know that you could plug into right and um there's been stores that we work with now that were already with shopify before we started working with them and they're already plugged into these channels doing you know over 50 percent of their business through them so um yeah i'd highly recommend definitely checking out the tool it's a very cool tool um i worked with it with retail stores and all stretches prior to this business so for me i know a lot of the guys at shopify i know it's a good tool um the the benefits for me for it are just it's also simple right because Having a simple tool is really important as well. I, all I can say is I wish I had bought stock in them four-ish <laughs> years ago. <laughs> they actually had their earnings report today, uh, not you know, not more than a few hours ago since we since we're casting, and they they had another killing killer earnings report. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, so that's the SEO side and the not just SEOs but the Shopify benefits. It's a great summary there. The, uh, the other question I wanted you to just touch on briefly, what are your existing subscription plans like? What, what, you know, what are some of the offerings today that, that Binder POS is already, you know, already has on the market and, and mm. anything you want to talk about directionally, if there's more that you want to share there on where you're going with that as well? Yeah. So, I mean, at, at the moment, we've got $129 a month as our main plan. It's a month by month basis. Uh, at the moment, we're still we're still a young company, and we're still letting people come in and help us work build this product up. So we've waived all of our onboarding fees. It's just 129 a month, and then basically from there, we charge a two percent online commission. Now that is um, for the online sales channel only. Um, so we don't charge anything for your point of sales over the counters, buy list, nothing like that. And then we also integrate to a bunch of other channels as well. So it's really just a 129 a month pay as you go month by month, no lock-ins, no sort of setup. It's it's really simple. We do um we do have some optional things. I mean, we can migrate all of your inventory data and customer data and everything from your existing platform for for 300 bucks. 
um, or we can train you and teach you how to do it yourself. We've got all the tools and plugins to do it yourself. Just depends uh, again how much you value your time and how many products you have. Uh, apart from that, we I mean we are looking at some lower tier plans. So we have been considering um, some lower volume plans for small startup stores and for smaller operations. I, I can't give you the numbers on those yet because they still aren't at a level where we're ready to publish them or roll them out. And then also we are looking at the moment into um, then the future we'll be going to be looking at scanning scanning options as well, scanning and multi-store options. So we, we do work with a couple of customers that have multiple locations, um, but the, the, the multi-store location still isn't quite where we'd like it to be. So we're hoping that within 2020 we can offer a really robust um, offering to people that like to separate their online presence to their physical presence to their location A, B, C, and yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, I'm excited to hear, or well, not hear, but I guess see more about the the different plans for the smaller scale because I'm definitely a smaller scale and and certainly interested in the tools that you're bringing to the table here. Great. So for for anyone that's wanting to go out and find Binder POS, very simple Google search Binder P zero or POS and and it will come up. BinderPOS.com is the website, and the website is beautiful. Uh, you have a a demo or an option to book a demo on there, which is great. And you can learn more about the pricing. There's contact us is, is a feature out there. So you can get a hold of the sales reps and things like that. But want to make sure we, we make that plug as, as well. So folks know how to find you. Perfect. Can you talk to us, Josh, last question on this topic. Can you talk to us about where Binary POS is located so far? Like what, what are your primary market markets? Obviously New Zealand's home base, uh, but you know, we talked a little bit about where you're expanding. Can you share a little bit about that and, and where you're located already? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've got pretty good market presence in Australia and New Zealand. Primary markets at this stage are Canada and the States. Um, and I mean, we've, we've grown in a way where we've got customers in South Africa. We have customers in Europe. Got customers in the UK and Singapore, and so we're we're a global provider, and we we offer multi-currency and multi-language, and that's really appealing to some. So the big goal for us this year is we're going to be a Gamma. We're coming to Gamma. We want to show that we're a US present company, and we're also opening up a US base of operations. So we want to have staff on the ground over there. We currently have one of our key stakeholders um, as an employee and a shareholder in the states for that very reason. And we are really, really excited to get more involved in the US market and also the Canadian market. So I think that what we're doing right now is we're obviously trying to partner up and trying to connect a lot of the sales channels of that region this year. So that's the big thing for us is trying to make sure that, you know, all US-based operations, um, LGS, online, wherever, whoever you are, that you've got the tools and things you need. And I see working with a lot of the local industry-specific players. Um, but right now, we... As, as mentioned, we have uh, sales staff in the US and Canada. We've got some support staff in the US and Canada, one of the key stakeholders, um, all working remotely so we, we can service the region. And then also our New Zealand um, and Australian operational staff also um, through our support channels will service that, that region as well. So we're really, really focused there. And um, we want to be more physically present. Um, we are doing a cocktail night, and this is just a chance for me to do a little plug. We're putting a, a cocktail happy hour on at Gamma this year on the Tuesday at about 9 p.m. So go to our Facebook page or um, an RSVP if you want to come get some cheap drinks and meet the team. Um, and apart from that, yeah, well, you'll probably see more of us around as we start making ourselves more present um, in, in 2020 in the U.S. That's exciting. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we covered a lot here. We are certainly approaching uh, time, and I, I this has been fantastic. I, I 
learning a ton about it myself, which is, <laughs> I'm selfishly excited about this because this is a tool that I, I could see myself using for Chicago style gaming. So it's exciting here. Um, the, the last set of questions we had on the agenda, and I do have a couple that were a, a couple listener Q and a that were submitted to me, we actually covered them. So I'll, I'll just say them and, um, we can kind of reiterate the, the answer on those, but, uh, the last question is really just kind of open-ended for you. Mm -hmm. What's, what's, what's the, like the next big target. And I don't, you know, I, I don't want to, obviously you can't share everything here, but if you were to give us like one, one thing for uh, let's call it Q1, Q2 timeframe that you're hoping to bring to the table and, and deliver, what, what, what is it? What's the next thing for binder POS, the next big goal on the table? We've been, I can tell you a couple of things and they're not really secrets. They're just things that we're, just we're always really cautious on giving people time frames and things because one thing we've learned you know from a young company through to sort of as we as a big be very careful because some things are harder than they seem but we're working really diligently on getting a catalog um, a product catalog for this industry that's not tcg specific so we've got the tcgs we support we want to diversify we want to be in there fully covering miniatures accessories we want to be working in comics so we're we're looking at diversifying our um, product catalog range in terms of time saving for people staying on top of new products and then at the moment we've got our eyes set um actually on um on matching the functionality um that's been that's been laid out to us by the customers so we've got a development pipeline which we're about to announce so that people can actually see where we're at and what we're prioritizing but the idea for us and this is the really big one because our goal for um q for q1 into q2 is we want to release our reporting and we want to be the first platform that can accurately um track um your inventory of your cards with the fluctuating price changes and work out your your cost of good and your loss with those price changes and buying and selling so to actually calculate um you know for, cool. for tech for tax purposes for business purposes for understanding for you know inventory loss loss right off for for data to understand how to make smarter buying decisions and which formats are more stable than others we want to bring all that to the table so that's that's really big for us we want to be more data centric and that's what you're going to say next but obviously um the big thing that everyone's waiting for is um our sales channels integrations which are um which i'm i'm not ready to quite announce just yet but i'm excited to say that they're in the works that's, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I, I said Q1, Q2, and then I, I almost bit my tongue. I work in technology as well, and I, and I know all of, all the things about timelines and how hard they can be. So, um, but yeah, no, that's great. So, the uh, the listener question, the first one that I have, and we sort of touched on it. It was about it, 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 the question is basically if I sign up for Binder POS, can Binder POS help me build a website for my store? So the the answer to that is yes. So there's there's a couple of things that Binder POS. So when when you sign up, you get a free. So most commonly, when you look at a Binder POS website, we have a template. You can swap out your branding, your colors. There's a content management system where you can drag and drop different content blocks, like blogs or video blocks or hot products. There's a whole lot of different things you can do. Most people leave them standard, but the other thing you can do as well, and I can provide a few links to you after this if you like, Chris, but we also do custom designs. So the Shopify has a theme store that you can buy themes relatively cheaply from. We buy those and we can adjust and modify them to support singles in the industry. Um, we have our own uh, external design team. So you can come chat to us. You can actually get an exclusive design drawn up just for your store, which we can implement for you at a cost. Um, and then we're also building out at the moment a theme library. So we're going to have a bunch of different industry specific designs that you can choose from mix and match to customize your website. But we don't expect customers to do any of it. Now, in saying that, 
Um, we also don't close our platform off. So if you know code or you've got a friend that's a coder or a web development agency that you trust or a customer, you know, you can get into the code yourself and you can actually build your design out from what we can view. The other question is sort of open-ended and it was just asking, it was not really open-ended, but it was asking what, what, uh, what point of sale systems does your tool sync to? So um, it, it, what, what are you able, if you upload your inventory, where are you able to sync out to? Um, yeah, so at the moment, um, any channel that Shopify allows you to, you know, it's really important that you have a look at how Shopify does that because there's many different apps that do it in many different ways at cost points. Um, we're bringing out our own eBay and Amazon integration apps very shortly, um, which will have no limits and, and, and no real issues because they're going to be designed specifically for, you know, singles and the bulk product that this industry supports. Apart from that, you can plug into many sales channels. I mean, uh, something that a lot of people are obviously asking about, you know, industry-specific sales channels, and we're a global company, so there's a lot of marketplaces and there's a lot of channels at the moment that we're in conversation with. And one thing I've learned over the years in software is that rather than saying something to people like timeframes and stuff like that, it's better to announce it when it's uh, when it's set in stone. So we're very, very close on a lot of leading marketplaces and a lot of channels. But if you watch our social media pages, you'll get updates on that. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll get updates when they're you know uh, close. Yeah, I, I actually went out and I just found your Facebook page since we've been talking. And, and I have, I'm actually going to go ahead and link the cocktail hour at Gamma in our, in our notes here as well, just so that folks can have that and and probably your probably link it out to your facebook page as well just so that folks can find you guys easily um that's awesome i actually have a follow-up question to that that's my own you, you mentioned you're going to start working with scanners is that so that someone can i i'm 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 envisioning this in two different ways i imagine one of the tools for that scanner i didn't really think about when you said scanner but one of the ways of using that is is just for like mass upload, right? If I have 500 cards and I have a scanner, I can I can quickly hopefully identify those cards and start uploading yeah. them without yeah. typing them in manually. That's right. So I mean, right now, I mean, we've got we've got tools in our platform that allow you to leverage TCG player scanners. So I mean, you can do the quick list or the TCG player phone app scanner. You can scan those into a sheet, click a button, and upload it directly to our inventory. I mean, we we work closely with Card Castle. Um, we've got a few customers that we work with with Roka Robotic Sorting Solutions. And the, I mean, uh, in the future, um, it, it could also be something that you know we look into. But at this point in time, we've got so much core focus on our own product that we've um, we've left it as an idea there. But we're gonna we are pushing that value out to our partners because a lot of these partners, um, like you know Cardcastle and things, they are specifically designed to do collection management and scanning and um, and uh, you know same with uh, Delva Lens and a few of the other ones that we. So and then uh, the reason I it triggered is when you were talking about like the different sales platforms like eBay. eBay is the one that jumps to my head because I don't really sell, I'll be honest, I don't really use eBay a whole lot because of the time-consuming nature of posting photos. Does, does your tool, when you sync there, just put like a stock image of the photos and yes. does it have an option if you wanted to, like, okay, so you get the stock photo. If you wanted to upload a specific photo, let's say it's a you know, a, a black lotus or you know, something of high power and you want to make sure you have very specific photos so that the person who's looking at it can actually see the card. Does your tool have that capability? Yeah, well, at the moment, um, Shopify provides those integrations. So there's multiple apps, but yes, some of them do allow that depending on which one you go with. Um, our, our app that we're building at the moment certainly 
access, yes. But for, for the most part, you know, people are looking for the tool to manage, you know, a wide scale of listings. So for us, the big thing is, like you said, not having to worry about it, having our tool provide the titles, ensuring it's in the right category, ensuring it's got a good image, ensuring it's got the correct price, and that's been controlled and monitored, and ensuring that if the stock sells on either your point of sale or if the stock sells on your website or if it sells on Amazon, that, it, 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 you know, it in real time gets removed from eBay to ensure there's minimal amount of crossover and double sales and things like that because obviously when you're selling at scale on multiple channels that's that's the real issue right and that's that's where a lot of our uh, time has been spent building an infrastructure that is real time so um or, or for the platforms that can't handle real time it's you know the, the most minimized delay that you could imagine yeah that's uh that is one of the most painful experiences I, that's another big reason i don't sell on both platforms is because when i used to um, you know, granted, especially when I was doing it manually and I didn't have an inventory management system to be able to sync out, uh, if I cross-sold and oversold ultimately, and it's a card that's spiking, it was not an, it was always a painful experience to have to deliver that cancellation news to one buyer. Uh, and it often results in negative feedback because the buyer thinks that you're trying to cancel and resell at a higher price. So that's <laughs> to be able to say that you guys are real time and, and focusing on that is huge because it, it, it really is for, for any size vendor, small, medium, large, et cetera, in magic specifically a, a, a big pain point when cards go through those kind of sell out processes where the, the price, it feels like within 30 minutes or less, a price doubles or triples or whatever on the card. And all of a sudden there's no stock well, in, or inventory available. I mean, a direct example of that, if you're looking at magic, the announcement pioneer, right? I mean, I mean, right. you saw you saw how volatile some of those cards, like Aetherworks, Marvel, or, you know, all those things. I mean, they're cards that you know didn't really see a place in any format, and then this new format emerged, and all of a sudden, price was were going crazy for a while there. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where buyouts are they're going to happen when you're sleeping. You know, you're going to wake up after an announcement like that, and <laughs> the uh, it, the early bird gets the worm, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of that information comes out on U.S. time. So if you're international, that I'm sure that's a really you know it exacerbates the issue even more. So. Oh, especially here in New Zealand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know that's 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 absolutely a thing, and and that, that's updating on the hour, right? I mean, that's that's why having faith in the fact that if you're away for the weekend or you know you're not you don't have access to your store or you're sick or something, you know, at least you're going to minimize that risk. Right. right. Well, Josh, it's been great. I I don't have anything else. If there's, do you have any other final thoughts you want to share before we wrap up here? No, I'm I'm just you know thank you um, for bringing me in to have a chat, and I think that for anyone that's uh, looking at our product at the moment, thanks for being so patient with us. We are trying to make some really positive changes in this industry, and uh, we're here for the long game. So. Um, you know, for people that we can improve and make your business better and help you grow now, that's great. And for people that have certain requirements that we don't yet meet, then just please reach out and let us know so we can put you on a list or uh, or hear your feedback and contact you when we have the things you need. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, this is this is Brewing with Conviction. Chris Martin wrapping up, signing off here. Josh, I, I can't thank you enough. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chris.